listen, guys, I'm just going to start off right now. I'm sick of y'all niggas, man. I'm tired of y'all niggas, man. Y'all niggas sick on the internet. Who? Who niggas? Y'all niggas on the internet, man, be pissing me off. But you know what? Your boy Tune is live in the building. It is your girl, Sierra Danielle. And it's your boy, Famous Phillips, in the Cardo again. In, in, in the auto. Hold on. I got to plug my, I got to put my headphones up because y'all going to reverb on the mic. Um, can y'all hear me? Am I live? Can yeah. y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yes, sir. But um, listen, uh, it's a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We're here. We're alive. We're beautiful and black. And uh, how y'all feeling? How was y'all weekend? It was, it was good. You yeah. know, just family time. Mm-hmm. Really much. That's what's up. Uh, famous? Anything special in particular? It was good. Sunday we went to brunch at Melt. And before we got there, we made the cranberry mimosas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard Andre. I saw Andre posted that. It had y'all on your uh, ass. We was all on our ass. Except for Itane. Itane was the one who Itane didn't drink. She didn't drink like that, though. Yeah, So yeah. she actually, she. I think she drank like one mimosa. That was it. And then yeah. drove me home. But, yeah. I, had a pretty- I was too lit. I, uh, how how a, many mimosas did it take for you to get lit? Of the cranberry ones, like one, honestly, because it had shots of Crown Royal in there with the oh, champagne, yeah. with the orange juice and the juice. <laughs> Yo, y'all was super duper lit. Y'all <laughs> yes, was super man. duper lit. Uh, well, your boy, I had a pretty eventful weekend. Now we are doing this via live Zoom, as you guys know. Like I said, we'll get back in studio at some point in time. But looking at the camera, do you guys notice anything different about myself? You cut this. No, 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 no. I still got that. I still got that. Anything about you? Any anything anything stand out? You got out? a new change? Anything? Change? anything. You got your ears pierced? <laughs> <laughs> you got your hey. ears pierced, nigga. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got Everybody wanna be like me. Now I feel like I need <laughs> to put my piercings back in. Yo, so look, I only got one ear. Uh I did it over the weekend on Saturday. Um it's been it's super cool. Um I thought it was gonna Is be it a super lot. cool? I know <laughs> for the teenager. <laughs> Relax, relax, relax. I thought that it was going to be a lot more painful than what it was, uh, but it ended up just being like a pinch, so it wasn't as bad. I thought, y'all really thought, I really thought I was going to be in there acting like a little bitch, crying and shit with this damn ear piercing, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, other than that, man, it was super cool. Another thing that happened, I went to two cookouts in one day. Uh, I went to my homeboy said his little, his son had a birthday party, which was lit. Um, shout out to that. And then I also went to my girl's parents. Uh, her mom actually had a birthday, so they had a cookout. So I was, it was pretty eventful weekend for you, boy, man. Um, that's lit. Yeah, that's pretty eventful. I, uh, we don't have it on the topic agenda for today, but as the world knows, we have been keeping up with Insecure, and the season finale was on Sunday. And um, I'm in again, shambles. I'm we, in fucking shambles. We, uh, I want to say spoiler alert for the people in the room that have not heard or listened, or I mean heard or listened, have watched the uh, season finale. It's I told not, you. It's not a topic, but I want, I want you know some spoiler quick, alert. I, I just want some quick hot takes. How do you feel? What's the vibe? What's the agenda? How y'all feeling about how the season ended? I knew Molly was gonna try to be friends with Issa again when Andrew when Andrew mm-hmm. broke up with her. I knew that was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was not expecting. I kind of figured something was gonna happen with Condola, but I wasn't expecting it to be that big. Mm-hmm. And I really I didn't feel knew, bad for I didn't knew she was pregnant. I, I really feel bad for Issa. I don't think that Issa either either they're gonna find out that the baby's not his, or 
I feel like that something's gonna happen. You think so? It's it's most definitely Lawrence's. I I will say this. I already knew she was pregnant. I called that when she kept blowing this nigga phone up, trying to talk to him. Also, I don't feel bad for fucking Issa. Shit. You dealing with a nigga who literally, quite literally, just got out of that fucking relationship, and shit happens. Y'all niggas, I mean, they niggas won't protect it. I mean, listen, I'm I don't not care. Ma- I'm, I'm not mad at it uh, either. One of the things that I predicted a couple hours beforehand, actually having a conversation with my sister, is that uh, Molly was gonna get left by old boy. That Andrew was gonna dip out. Um, I, I kind of predicted that to an extent, and I think my, I think that's on Molly. She gotta own that. She gotta eat that, just like Issa has to eat. Uh, Lawrence's little shenanigans. You know what I'm saying? Like, have, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I the, wouldn't even call a it little a shenanigans. mistake down by the lake. <laughs> I don't even. I wouldn't even call it shenanigans because you know he said he's like he thought they were careful. Now I will say this for her to say, regardless of whether you want to be present or not, I'm good. Like she know that Lawrence ain't even that type of nigga to just be like, fuck it, I'm not gonna take care of my kid. I yeah. feel like that part was like, I don't know. I just question. It's something with Cadola that just does not sit right with me. I don't think that she, I think there's more to me to the eye with Cadola. Mm. Simply because, you know, um, just just this whole season, she just wasn't, mm, something's off about her. So I feel like we gonna really get a good glimpse of who she really is in season five. Um, I, I'm really, I really don't want Issa and Molly to get back cool because I'm tired of Molly and her shit. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say I'm, I, I, I will say this. Um, real, I, Calvin, I'll, I'll let you go first. What is your uh, hot 120 characters or less uh, series or season five prediction for Insecure? Um, that Molly and Issa rekindle their friendship due to the fact they're both not in relationships. But the moment that a new relationship may blossom for either one of them, I think they may back may revert back to the old them their old selves. Um, that's I, my my hot take. That's a hot take. Um, I will say that I think that I told Calvin this immediately after it ended. I said I think this is going to be them going through their whole phase. I think this is going to be. I think they. I think this is going to. The season five is going to be a transition into Molly and Issa just turning the fuck up as like besties. Uh... Like they they're gonna be like besties. It's gonna be like cool. They're gonna be going on vacations and shit, and they're gonna be out here slutting and you know. But that. as soon, but I feel like that might play a part of the season. But I feel like I feel like we have not seen the end of Molly's interaction with Andrew. Mm. I feel like there's gonna be something that happens because they're not just gonna dead it and not have him on the show anymore. I feel like there's something yeah. that's gonna happen between them two in season five, and. I don't know. I feel like Tiffany's going to go to counseling because, you know, they had her um, when she ran away and she was going through the postpartum depression and stuff. Um, Shout out to Insecure again. I think you guys had an amazing season. Season four was great. Uh, Shout out to Issa Rae, the whole team over there. Y'all did y'all thing. Um, There hasn't really been any music that has come out other than a major discussion of why I hate y'all niggas towards the end of the podcast. But we're going to get to that at a little bit at a later time in the show. Anything else pop culture related before we get to the shits? Anything that happened in the world that we missed anything? Um, Happy birthday, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, 33 years old. You know what I'm saying? Clap it up for Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, What's y'all favorite Kendrick album? Mm, Good Kid, Mad City. 
Good kid. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's his best, but that's my favorite. Uh, yeah. I think I, for me personally, I'm gonna say I think it's hard for me. It's, it depends I would say I would say Good Kid, Mad City. I'm gonna say Pimp, but it's just I'm just saying that right now. Tomorrow it could be Damn. The next day it could be Good. Damn kid. was a good album too. To me, yeah. it's either Damn or uh, Damn or um. Good I feel kid, like I he think. just has so many classic albums. It's kind of yeah, hard to. All, yeah, he he has a trifecta of cla- of classics. And yes, even, even if you listen to Section 80, it's like, mm-hmm. damn. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. happy birthday, Kendrick. Again, I don't really think that there was anything else that really popped up social media wise in the streets. Uh, if we did miss something, oh well. Uh, Sierra Danielle, who do you want to guess up? So I'm going to guess up my girl, um, Ariel. She got engaged recently. Hey, um, she's a Spartan. She's a Spartan alumna and she's also a real estate agent. So if y'all looking for some, you know, looking to buy a house, I'll say hit my girl up. But she hey. is now engaged. Hey, that's so, what's up, man. Shout out to the Black Love like I shouted out last week. Now, I will say this. Speaking of Black Love before Calvin gasses up, uh, that invitation was a little crispy, brother. That, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wedding invitation was a little crispy, play. Then you say, if you, you and listen, if you're hearing this and you haven't read or you haven't gotten it yet, oh, it might oh, be because we we have to send them out manually. So oh, it's taking a little time. Oh. But now nah, you good. I just know some people who ain't got them yet and they probably like, oh, oh. this nigga ain't invite me. And some uh, niggas ain't invited. Just let you know. Oh, some <laughs> niggas ain't invited. <laughs> this is a cop. This is something for How was that? How was was that process of figuring out who wasn't gonna come? Was that hard? Not at all. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So simple, easy. You know, a part of me, a part of me knew that, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, Calvin, who you want to guess up? <laughs> um, I don't know if I guessed him up last week, so I got two just in case. I'm guessing up my boy Lamar. You know, they they dropped the Madden mm, cover. They did. My man. Hey, it my is. man's is going to have another great year. I, I pray. Yeah. Hopefully he stays healthy. Fuck the Madden curse. Yeah. Um, The other gas up was going to be to the other podcast that I do. You oh, know, yeah. we just rebranded. So, yeah, um, yeah, I saw I saw that. So are y'all changing the name and all that or? Yeah. So we changed the name and logo. So now we'll be going by Raised by Sports okay. instead of the finish line. The reason why we wanted to change over is there was a lot of people who thought we were like a Philly podcast. Like that, mm. we were like a Philly sports podcast because of the the oh, PHI, wow. the yeah, but yeah. but it was but really because we were alphas, alphas at first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, not at first, but at yeah. first it was only alphas doing it. But now we we felt like it was a good time to rebrand. So yeah, shout us, uh, check us out, raised yeah. by sports everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's what's up, man. Um, I want to gas up a good buddy of mine. He goes by the name of Hefe. Him and his old lady live out west in the Cali area, and just so happened to just unbeknownst to me um surprised me at my door and just popped up out of nowhere out from cali yeah just when on sunday the night of insecure just popped up randomly did not know they was coming in town we should have came yeah man yeah man they was in they was in town um him and riley so it was really dope to see them too and um yeah i just my friends man my friends is dope Shout out, shout out to Hefe and, and, and Raleigh, man. They, that was love. So um, that is it. We do that every single week here on the Push Start Podcast. We gas it up. Somebody got a phone ringing. It's me. It's my dad calling me. He don't want nothing. <laughs> shout out to Pops. Uh, let's go ahead and start this cow. Ladies first. What the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. It was, it was just a long, drawn out. Don't worry about it. 
Oh my God. All right, Cal, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Ooh, ladies first. Yeah. Ladies first. See, it sounds yeah. like no matter how long. No matter wait, how it's, getting, it's getting a little better, though. Get a little better. Get no, because I can hear Cal before I got out my second ladies first. Um, what up, everybody? It's your girl Sierra to yell. And um, just wanted to talk about some mm, something that came out over the weekend. I think it was last week um, about SpongeBob. So Nickelodeon or uh, the Nickelodeon? Yeah, I think it was Nickelodeon, yeah. yeah. So Nickelodeon came forward. As you know, this month is Pride Month. So there's a lot of LGBTQ loving going on. And, you know, everybody's, you know, showing their pride as an ally or as a member of the LGBTQ and so on community. Um, but, yeah, they came out and declared that SpongeBob was gay. Hmm. And we all grew up watching SpongeBob. And there are a lot of young kids watching SpongeBob. How do you guys feel about it when they put those something so, and I don't want to say so sexual, but something that's, how, how do you guys feel about them declaring SpongeBob as gay? I'll start there. Um, when I first saw it, the first thing that came to my mind was like, damn, if it was going to be any character that ever was in life that I thought was gay, it would definitely this nigga Spongebob. That was the first thing that came to my mind. The second thing that came to my mind was the fact that I I really didn't have the, I didn't evoke any emotion towards it. I mean, I, if I really thought and dug deep into it, like we probably will here on the pod, I would say that, you know, I think that's, a good thing for LGBTQ community to have uh, representation within the cartoon community, which sounds crazy. Look, listen to what I just said. <laughs> like, re- like gay <laughs> representation in the cartoon community. That sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. But I mean, I, like I said, it, whatever folks should vote SpongeBob. I feel like if it was gonna be somebody, it was gonna be SpongeBob. And that's how I feel about it right now on the onset. Mm-hmm. What about you, mm-hmm. um, Cal? So I I found no problem with it. I mean, I think all of us probably knew that SpongeBob was a little uh a little sweet, <laughs> you know, growing right. up anyway. Like I, I always knew like if somebody was to say, Hey, SpongeBob is gay, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause you can just tell by the way they portray his character in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Now, I did have a, a colleague who actually had a problem with this because they were saying that by coming out and saying that SpongeBob is gay you're pushing the the wrong agenda to our children or whatever, to the Mm -hmm. children that's out in the world. And I disagree with him on this. And we started talking about it. Like we went back and forth Mm -hmm. and he was like, you know, by saying that he's gay now, you you know, you don't know how that's going to affect some of the young boys and girls. And I said, well, think about it this way. If, if they said they came out and said he was straight would that affect some of the, the boys and girls, because it's not just him being gay. It's the be it's him having a sexuality as a cartoon which mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of times we don't think about it too heavily right but think about like princess and the frog that mm-hmm. that was two heterosexual couples that were, i mean two heterosexual people that were trying to come together but we don't because heterosexual is the norm we don't question it right yeah but i'm mm-hmm. saying like yeah because i mean in, in any cartoon i mean it's I mean, always been like that. Think about, think about hell. Lion King. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I'm saying like heterosexual uh, representation is going to be, has been 
what has been in our cartoons for, I mean, forever. Because that's just what the norm, well, quote unquote. Right. And But right see, what I was saying to him is that I don't think it's that big of a problem to have somebody from the LGBTQ community in cartoon representation because, fuck, like, it's part of life. Like, it, I don't think by, like, think about it like this. All the people growing up now who watched uh, all of these heterosexual couples growing up, not everybody is straight. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not like the cartoons had that much effect on your sexuality, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not, I, you know, I don't think that it really affected who I am that much today. It taught me a lot, but I, I'm not going to say that cartoons really affected the fact that I liked women. Yeah. I feel like as kids, we really don't look into it. Like we don't look deep into stuff like that because thinking back on it, there's a lot of cartoons that had some stuff in it that either was a subliminal or blatant outright. Like Helga said while one time while she was writing her diary that Arnold made her girlhood tremble. And she said this on damn hey Arnold and we didn't even take to think that's wild we didn't even think to think like oh shit like what's a girlhood why she why he make her girlhood tremble basically she was saying Arnold get that thing wet that's basically what she said hey Arnold hey shout out to that nigga Arnold hey I mean I mean you know I feel like there's a lot of stuff like that where it's it's little slick comments here and there whether it's like reality TV, like the sitcoms that we saw growing up or the cartoons we saw growing up, there's a lot of sexual innuendos that we really don't pay attention to as kids. But if we were to go back and listen to it now, we would probably be able to catch a lot of them. Do you guys have a problem or would you guys tell your kids? I mean, I guess Calvin said he wouldn't care, but I would assume that if a cartoon that your kids were watching and the company came out and said, this character is gay, would you prevent your child from watching that show? I wouldn't go as far to prevent my child from watching that show. I feel very indifferent about the situation. One, because it's just, I don't feel like kids will be able to see that part. Like, I don't think that in SpongeBob, they're going to start like blatantly just making him date or do things with other male. You know what I mean? It might still be the same. Like I thought SpongeBob was gay when him and Patrick had a seat, had that damn clam. And they was playing mama and daddy. I, I thought he was gay then. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, that's why I said at the jump, I said, if there was going to be a character that was going to come out as gay, that a, that a network was going to say, hey, we're going to make this cartoon character gay, it would have been SpongeBob. It, it been, it so I wasn't surprised. Right. So I wasn't surprised. Yeah. But yeah. for me, I feel like if, if this is what my stance on it, if you're going to have an issue with, you know, companies and cartoon net, like the networks, the animation um, mm -hmm. people, coming out and making these characters LGBTQ, then I feel like another conversation has to be had because there are a lot of stuff that people do that still make, still hypersexualize kids. It's just not hypersexualization as in the LGBTQ. It's a heterosexual form of hypersexualization. So like grown ass men having conversations with little boys about all the girls they got and talking to young boys about how to get girls. Prime example, Blueface went viral for posting a video of basically trying to teach his son how to catcall women and stuff like that. And this little boy don't even look like he know what any of that stuff is. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, that's still hypersexualization. He's a kid. He don't need to be worried about getting girls. Mm -hmm. Or 
like the same thing with like girls and stuff like that. So if we're going to have that conversation about LGBTQ and too much exposing and da da da, da it's the same thing with um, like the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, like I've seen, I've seen, I've seen videos where, um, how, um, cause kids don't even know, kids don't realize, some kids really don't, well, I'm going to say some kids don't know, like we only get upset about stuff because we can kind of see, or like, if you see a little baby shaking her butt, like a grown up, like, oh, she twerking, but she not twerking. She's just moving. She doesn't even know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel like kids are going to just see that and be like, yeah, but oh, I, mean, I want to be gay. You know, I, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I do want to make this point clear, too. Like, I, I have zero problem with the fact that Nickelodeon decided to come out and say SpongeBob was gay. But I will say, you know, it, it that is sexual orientation about a cartoon character. Like, what the fuck do we give a fuck about whether or not SpongeBob, what SpongeBob does as a fictional character in his sexual life. Now, I understand that that's, that's not the point. The point that they're trying to, oh, I, or at least how I'm interpreting why they did it was just to show, hey, we're Nickelodeon, we're inclusive of this community, and um, we want to show that we are part and we're here with you type of thing. Uh, and I feel all of that and I hear all that and that's cool and that's dandy. I'm just saying, like, I just don't think as a kid or even as adults that still watch SpongeBob are really thinking too much about what SpongeBob's sexual life is like. Uh, yeah, because it's talk- a kid's show. And we're, I mean, and we're talking about right. a, fic- a fictional character. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, that's, that's sexualizing it to a certain extent, which we shouldn't be. Right, yeah. It's like, it's, I mean, there, like Sierra was saying, there have been sexual windows in cartoons forever. Uh, primarily, Shrek used to be giving it up back in the day. If you uh-huh. go back, if you go back and watch some of them Shreks, they was they was kind of wild uh, on them joints for real, for real. But uh, any last thoughts on um, gay SpongeBob? Oh, how would y'all handle if your if your child, particularly like your son, mm-hmm. seen something or seen like let's say for example, by the time we all have kids. They're more out out with it. Like, I don't want to say out with it, but they're more way up front, like how they are with heterosexuality. Let's say your son asks you guys a question about being gay or a question about what this means. Like, how would y'all handle that? See, I don't think the question is that much. It would be that far-fetched because I think that that question would come regardless if they've seen it on TV or if they saw it at the grocery store with mom and dad. Like, I feel like my kid is, I feel like a kid is going to ask me, why is that happening? Because it's out of their normal, it's outside of the normal pattern of what they're used to seeing. Now, mm-hmm. that's to say that at the point in time, I do have kids that, and they are cognitive and aware of that, that, you know, gayness is kind of, uh, I'm, I don't want to say normalized, but it wouldn't be as curious as a thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's I feel like if a little kid goes out into the store and sees two guys kissing the two women kissing or hugging or if you see little Johnny at school has two daddies or two mommies like I think I think those questions are gonna happen regardless if they see it on damn Sonja and I don't give a fuck if there's no way to completely them. there's no way to completely shelter them from that yeah and, and I don't give a fuck if SpongeBob is the introduction to gayness like that wouldn't be I wouldn't I mean 
I would, I'm going to have to have the conversation regardless. So if, if SpongeBob is the person that's making me uh, give the conversation or if it's little Johnny's parents or it's the couple at the store, like I know the conversation is going to happen. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for that topic, Sarah. We do that every single week. Let's clap it up for ladies first, man. Um, clap it up. Hey, I, I, I do want to make a point, too, before we get going, because I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, is that I do love all my ladies, man. I love all the women. Uh, y'all, I love all my black women because y'all are strong. Y'all hold us down. I do want to make that a point, man, because y'all, boy, could, I'm just I'm trying to sweeten y'all up before I say say some words at the, at the end of this podcast. But uh, Calvin Phillips, man, Row Rage. What's, what's good? What's good? Sorry, I'm trying to get this camera set up. All right, y'all good? Yeah, we good. Um, it's your boy Famous Phillips here with another Road Rage, and um, this week I want to talk about something that uh. I was talking to one of my my brothers about my line brothers, and we started talking about it and, and putting it into retrospect. It really made me think about like how I treat women in general, right? Mm-hmm. So we were talking. He was bringing up some stuff about like um, how how we used to treat women back in college and school, and you know, he just a normal conversation. He's like, "Yo, I had a question about this, this, and that." It's like, yeah, like if I think about it now we were very immature in doing some of the things we did or whatever. And he's like, yeah, like that shit's crazy that we even would say or do some of the things that we did do. And now that the conversation is being had, well, I mean, granted the conversation has always been had, but that black males specifically, we have to protect our black women, which I feel like for most of my life, I've always been able to do right. Like I would never let, somebody i would never like see somebody hit a woman and not step in or something you know what i'm saying yeah or or something like that however he kind of broke it down to me he was like yo but what about like mentally and like emotionally being abusive to women because it's very easy to do and it's not protecting them in the same way right because there, there's multiple ways to protect women in any right but if you're not doing them all uh, it can really hurt them on long term, right? Mm-hmm. Like me giving Sierra a bruise now would last for however long, but me like punching, I mean, like me, not, not, that's not what I meant to say. All right, if I punch Sierra, right, <laughs> she would have a black eye, but that would be momentarily, like she'll have that for a few weeks, right? Right. But if I was to like verbally abuse Sierra, that's something that she's going to carry on into her daily life as she gets, you know, even as she gets older, right? She'll always remember me being verbally abusive towards her. And so we, we, as we kept talking about it, we were just talking about how we could have done things a lot differently. And now that we're in a point in time where we're a lot more mature, what can we do as males and black men specifically to give back to our black women community and to protect them in all facets, whether that be emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, mentally. Um, because I, I feel like, I feel like most guys, to be honest, like tune, I feel like tune be the same way. Physically, we will protect you. Like I'm not going to let a nigga like try to fuck you up or no shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I don't really know you like that, if I see a nigga like putting hands on you, I'm going to say something or like try to step in. Right. But I think it's the emotional and mental capacity that we kind of falter on because there, there's a lot of times where we can, like, for instance, for me, I can be very emotionally unavailable. So I, 
I, you know, I, I won't have as many feelings towards certain things as somebody else, but that really could hurt our black women long-term by not, mm-hmm. not having those emotions um, available. So what do you think are some things that we could give our guys out here that can help us protect our women mentally, physically, and emotionally? Can I, can, oh, wait. Can, can, can I take this real quick, Sierra? Because I, I, I just I, I want to say just a few things before you go. Because I want the, okay. the lady in the room to, to not close this out because we'll continue the conversation. But I, I, I want to speak real quick. Um, what I'm about to say is going to sound a little crazy in the onset. But hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I love women. Protect women. Love women. All of that. I'm going to say in the college environment that we were in back then, the rate, the, the, the environment we were in was more susceptible to perpetrate those type of disrespectful acts towards women because we're in a hyperbolic situation. You put all us kids in the same age, young adults, alcohol, drugs, you mix in the sex and everything and you just shake it up and that's a college campus (laughs) and you shake it up and that is a college campus. And with that, you have us as men who are idiots in our own right, even past the time that we leave college, who have to kind of navigate the uh, us being around our other idiot friends at the time doing idiot ass things. Now, that's no excuse for disrespecting and, ver- and you know, verbally abusing women and all of that. But that's just what the state is when you are in those situations back then, because to Calvin's point, now that we're a little bit more mature and we have kind of like a bird's eye view of the situation, we obviously can look back and say, damn, that shit was, boy, yo, I was wilding with that girl. Like I was texting her crazy. We was doing all this. And then I just stopped texting her and don't say nothing and block her and go away. And she thinks she in love. And I just, I, I, done, I done built her up to think that she's in love and all this stuff like that. And I just dip, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Like, so, Yes, uh, I think it's I think it's wrong. I think this conversation, and I, I'll circle back to things that we could do to, to to better that. But I want Sierra to go. Um, where do I start? So for me, uh, my experience, I have dealt with, you know, being with black men, and especially romantically, and they were not as whole as they should have been emotionally. And I was basically a container for their rage. So I've been in an abusive relationship before, whether it was emotionally abusive, mentally abusive, emotionally abusive, physically abusive. And um, it, like Calvin said, that type of stuff stays with you. Like it took a very long time for me to kind of get over some of the stuff that was said to me, did to me, the manipulation that came into play. And I feel like one thing that y'all could do to really help one thing is to make sure that you're emotionally well, because whatever is inside of you, you're going to spread that. So if you're emotionally unavailable and you're toxic, you're just going to spew that on every person you come in contact with, not just men, women, but black men as well. Like you're going to just spew that everywhere you go in any interaction, whether platonic or romantic. Two, um, there's no way to right the wrongs that you did years ago but making a conscious effort every day to make sure that the black women in your life are seen, 
heard emotionally, mentally, that you ha- like they have a safe space with you, the black woman that you hold true personally, your, your, your mamas, your sisters, your cousins, your best friends, your ladies, your nieces, your little sisters, whatever it is. And also the biggest part is it, it doesn't matter I mean, it matters all the stuff that you do within yourself and how you live your life and interact with the black women in your life and the black women that you come in contact with. But the biggest part is holding your brothers accountable. I see so many dudes who are friends with dudes that talk pure shit about black women or are complete ruthless when it comes to how they treat black women. I've literally seen it with my own eyes and they don't do anything to check them. They don't say anything to them. It's just like, it is who he is. Cause like, if if y'all are going to unify and be like, okay, we are not going to disrespect our black women anymore. A lot of black women, th- black men think it's okay because so many of their friends have let it slide. So many of their brothers have let it slide. Family members have let it slide. I've seen multiple videos this week. I've seen a black woman, a black man hit a woman, a black woman with the, in the face with a skateboard. I've seen a black man try to force a black woman into a freezer. I've seen black women being disrespected all over the timeline, especially this week for some odd reason, more than more than the average normal. Mm-hmm. I've seen black men go in on black women when they were talking about when there was like a movement on Twitter where people, women were coming out and confronting their sexual assault abusers. I've seen and they're black men shaming these black women, whether it's um, like, you know, victim blaming or calling them or not, like basically just going in on them for like no reason. And it's like, if we're going to do it, if you really have to make sure that you're good within yourself and make sure that you are making a conscious effort every day to work and better yourself. Even it doesn't matter if you're making the decision today, like I don't want to be a toxic nigga no more and I want to move forward and be better. Making that conscious effort every day to continue to grow and mature, you know, make sure that you treat the women in your life and the black women that you come in contact with, with respect and making sure you hold your friends accountable. Like, cause friends and people, like if you see a nigga disrespecting a black woman or you see a black woman, like, hey, like, you know, that's that you out of line for that. Like, I feel like that doesn't, a lot of niggas be going out here and they don't be getting G-checked. Like, it's just like, they just yeah. be. The, the, so. the, the, there's something I want to bring up that you brought up too, Sia, is, is that um, for God, for, for the advice that we give to the fellas out there that are trying to support and uplift black women, uh, and you feel like you're struggling with that, um, it's, it, I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's imperative you to start with trying to uplift them. I think what you need to do is take a look at yourself in the mirror. Cause mm-hmm. like you can't help anybody if you struggling yourself, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I know that may be tough for some guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, just men in general to be able to take a look at themselves, be humble about the situation, progress and move forward. Uh, but you, you know what I'm saying? You you can't be all, you know, lift all rock tides and, and sing kumbaya with black women and you over here, like Sierra said, toxic yourself. Um, oh, I actually just found a um a thread that says 10 ways you can support black women. Oh, yeah. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. So um, I think, well, I'll, I'll let Calvin go. I'll let Calvin go. Yeah. Well, I mean, in. I would say for me, I think the biggest thing for me to that I'm doing um, to be able to help black women is I have to acknowledge 
what I would call my privilege as being a black man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I have the the most privilege, but there's still a, a certain privilege that black men may have over black women. And so we need to utilize that to help them. Just like we ask of our white counterparts to, to use their privilege to help us in, in areas in life. And so I'm hoping that, um, you know, as we continue to move forward, like in life, we can continue to, we can, we can just continue to work together to help our black women get to the, the spot and recognition and um, respect that they deserve and that they need in order for us to all be successful. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go on record and say, man, black women, we love you. We wouldn't be here in this world without you. Me and Calvin, Sierra too. We all got beautiful black moms. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got me and Calvin have beautiful black women. Uh, we've got beautiful black sisters. You know what I'm saying? Um, so don't ever feel like you know we ain't riding with y'all because 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 we are. Um, and I know I could probably do a little bit better myself just trying to show uh, support to y'all in more vocal and visible ways, but from just a standpoint of who Tune is, I love my black women, man, so for sure, for sure. Um, that was a great topic, hashtag Real Rage. We do that every single week here on the Push to Start podcast. Um, your boy Tune, now, this is, this is the main event for me. Um, very talked about conversation on social media today. And it really, it really just, it really just grinded my gears. <laughs> it just, it did just, ah. Uh. So last night, uh, middle of the night, J. Cole released a new song called Snow on the Bluff. Did you guys hear it? Did I? Yeah. Sure uh, did. Sure did. Dropped a song called Snow on the Bluff. Now, do you guys remember the movie Snow on the Bluff? Yes. Yeah. It <laughs> does not get enough just do in the community as far as being a classic at all. Like, it was snow on the bluff is great um but anyway released the song and in the record he basically mentions the fact that he was scrolling on twitter saw a girl's timeline and said hey uh instead of you you know kind of going on the timeline because i might not be as knowledgeable and i don't feel like a leader hey why not try to um you know uplift uh, why not try to uplift the people and I'll be open, basically be open to dialogue with you in a conversation. So um, he, so that was the song. Cool. Listen to it a few times last night, went to sleep, woke up. And what do I see on my damn timeline? The world is trying to cancel J Cole, Jermaine Cole, Cole. Fayette Nam's own J J Cole. J. Cole, Cole J, Jermaine. Now, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what the conversation is, what the hoopla. What was it that he said that was wrong in essence of, because what I'm starting to see is that there's a conversation sitting around that he's being a misogynist because he expects a woman, a black woman at that, segueing off of the last conversation that we had, to kind of teach him some things. Now, for those that don't know, the woman in reference that he was speaking of was rapper out of Chicago, No Name. Now, if you know No Name, she was on Chance the Rapper stuff on Coloring Book, No Name. If you've listened to her album, super dope, incredible artist, all of that. Well, a few weeks ago, she called out a few of the celebrities to basically where y'all asses at 
You know what I'm saying? Her quote is, poor black folks are all over the country putting their bodies on the line to protest for collective safety. And y'all favorite top selling rappers, i.e. J. Colin Kendrick, not even willing to put a tweet up. Right? Boy, that shit is grinding my gears. Now, I'm going to let y'all go. And I want to know what y'all initial thoughts on or the song. What do you guys think about the backlash? Are we canceled? Like, what are your guys' first initial Hell no, we ain't canceling J. Cole. Hell no. <laughs> not on this land, not on the next land. Never. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. We are never canceling Jermaine. I mean, Cole. whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, if he wilds out, we can't. They, they, but we, do, he, what are the odds <laughs> that J. Cole's going to wild out? You're right. You're right. He not. I'm just saying. We can't say that we never, ever. He is he, for the people. <laughs> now, he is not. I, I do not predict mm-hmm. that he will ever do some outlandish shit that warrants him being canceled. But for him to be canceled just for... And you said he said that black the, this black woman no name should he was asking her to basically teach him some shit. Yeah. What is wrong with that? I feel like that is the problem of today. People are so stuck in their ways. They don't want to look for guidance. They don't want to seek wisdom. They don't want new knowledge. Everybody thinks that whatever you believe now, you should believe 15, 20, 30 years from now, and you can never go back on your word. You can never change your beliefs. You can never, 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 never. You only have to stay the same. And that's complete and utter bullshit. Everybody should want to gain more knowledge and understanding of things that they don't have understanding or are ignorant of. So why is it wrong for him to do that? Why is it wrong for a black man to say, hey, black woman, teach me this. Help me do this. That's what we're trying to gain in the black community, right? So why, when J. Cole does it, it's an issue. But everybody wants to be kumbaya and protect our black women, help our black women, help our black brothers, help this, that, and the third. But here we have J. Cole blatantly saying, no name, help me out here. And it's a big issue. Y'all want to cancel J. Cole before y'all cancel Takashi 69 Make it make sense. Um, y'all right, right. want to cancel J. Cole before y'all cancel Kodak. And these are people who have sex charges against them. So y'all want to cancel all of these people? Y'all canceling the wrong people. Well, J. Cole, he don't he don't need to be canceled. But y'all welcome to Kashi Six Not Home on Home with Open Arms and that nigga a snitch. But J. Cole, J. Cole is getting canceled because he wants he wants more knowledge. He wants more wisdom. He wants to more guidance as to what he could do to help his black sisters and black brothers. And it's a problem. I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what I don't like about any of this. We have been going crazy on the white community for not self-learning about racism and discrimination, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, um, now that we've started these, having these conversations, it seems like we are leading the conversations against it, right? Like we're teaching these white individuals, like, this is what you need to know because obviously you self-learning isn't doing good enough. I tweeted today, I said, I think the misconception with a lot of people right now about knowledge is that you have to learn it all on your own nigga no we went to schools for a reason we can't we literally quite literally cannot learn everything on our own right yeah, and, 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 but, and then you get killed on ignorance right right you, you get killed for ignorance right but but tune if if i don't know about the lgbtq community yeah it's it, it is in my power to not be ignorant and to ask someone who is knowledgeable in that in that area Help me out. You know, I want to be on the same page as you. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to have division between us. So let help me 
so that way I can learn as well. Not not to say I'm not learning on my own, but I'm gonna need some help. Like niggas just don't don't fucking have a 4.0 GPA just learning by themselves. You know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't make that's not how it is. And so I think just Twitter was overreacting. You're not canceling J Cole. Excuse me. You're not canceling J Cole. Point blank. Period. Get the fuck out of here, my nigga. So when all of this started coming out, I know this caught Cole by surprise. Did not think that he was gonna wake up and see any of this shit. So he wakes up in the morning, gets on Twitter, and tweets, "Morning, I stand behind every word of the song that dropped last night. Right or wrong, I can't say, but I can say it was honest. Some assume to know who the song is about. That's fine with me. It's not my job to tell anybody what to think or to feel about the work. I accept all conversation and criticisms, but let me use this moment to say this: Follow No Name at No Name." I love and honor her as a leader in these times. She has done and is doing the reading and the listening and the learning on the path that it that she truly believes in is correct for our people. Meanwhile, a nigga like me just be rapping. Uh, I haven't done a lot of reading and I don't feel well equipped to be well equipped as a leader in these times, but I do a lot of thinking and I appreciate her and others like her because the challenge, uh, because they challenge my beliefs and I feel that in these times, that's important. So, let me get this straight. When you come out with the song basically asking for guidance, which is what ultimately what he did, uh, this has now changed into a conversation about J. Cole being a misogynist, right? Wow. And, and, and has somehow deferred from the fact that this nigga's entire catalog of music and Kendrick got dragged into this as well to some extent, which is complete black, which is complete blasphemy. But this whole man's project is songs is about uplifting the black people. The song Cricket Smile is about the young girl who died at the hands of the police. Um, Ayana. I, I forget, Ayana, right. He was out there protesting for Eric Garner. He was out there protesting for Michael Brown. He was just out in Fayetteville protesting for George Floyd. So he is in the state, hasn't dropped a song in a year, and is feeling compelled. Listen, we have a platform. It's been a year? It's been a year. The last single he came out with was of 2019, which was Middle Child, right? Which seems yeah. like forever ago, but he hasn't dropped a song in a very long time. And this is the first time that we hear him utter words on microphone since this nigga don't talk at all. And we have the we have the beautiful platform to be able to talk every week on a podcast, you know, whether it's big or small. We have that opportunity to talk to people throughout the week. J. Cole has the same with his music. And just like us, how heavy it was for us to come on here and talk about everything that's been going on in the world over the past few weeks with the social injustice and George Floyd and all that. J. Cole decided to do that in a song because he felt compelled to go out and just kind of get it off his chest. This was just his version of being like, yo, let me get this shit off my chest. I don't know. Like, I, like I, I'm not, I'm, and I'm telling you right now, I'm not the leader. I'm not the person. This is just kind of how I feel about it. And yet, I do want to speak to the fact that women are entitled to feel like they have, uh, it shouldn't be up to the black women to educate uh, black men on how they should be treated. That, that's completely fine or, and, and how they're supposed to be talked to. But that's not Cole. <laughs> like that's never been Cole. That is not him now. And I, I, I just don't understand. Like y'all, the internet pissed. I said, I, I must be on crack. Because I really missed the mark on what, on what the uproar is. And so now you're having all these people like us uh, come on here and do podcasts and have conversations about it on shows and, you know, everything. And it's just kind of like, man, um, I'm going to just say this. Y'all not canceling Cole. 
no matter what happens, we won't allow it. And I'm gonna just say it, that's that on that. Dreamville, we can't yeah. wait for the we can't wait for the new song, the new album. Hopefully that's coming soon. And like I said, that's that on that. Period. Um, let's clap it up for the Push Strike Podcast, man. Clap it up. Uh, man, uh, I love y'all, man. It's been a great... I love to see y'all. I love when we can get on this podcast and talk, man. This is love. Uh, Sierra, what you doing this weekend? Nothing. Uh, I'm getting mentally prepared for next week for school. And just that. getting a lot of stuff in order. I feel that. A lot of brand work, because a lot of stuff is going to change. I won't be doing C-sessions twice a week. I'll be doing it only once a week. Got a lot of brand stuff to send. A lot of brand emails. Yeah. Trying to secure some partnership bags. And, uh, yeah. Sir Famous Phyllis, man, what you got planned for the weekend? Uh, this weekend is Juneteenth weekend, so we'll actually be working on some um, uh, some events with uh, Apple. And okay. I'll also be doing a little cookout. Okay. Um. That's probably it. Okay. Uh, happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. This episode will be dropping on Juneteenth. You know oh, what I'm question. Yeah. Nick, is your job letting y'all off early? Man, listen, so I wasn't at work today, uh, but maybe when I get to work tomorrow, there's an email that says that. But are y'all? Yeah, they announced it Monday. Yeah, see, we haven't, we, we've got it. Yeah, that's what I, Our CEO don't be playing. He was like, we had a, we've been having conference calls. They've been letting all the black people share their experiences. Yeah, see, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, said, hey, he, said after, he said after he said after the email was like after you know countless um, employees came forward. I'm pleased to announce that we will be closing at 2 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> hey, hey I, I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna need my job to go ahead and do that. But uh, this Black Lives Matter movement done got a lot of uh, foots on these CEOs' necks. Because <laughs> uh, that really does, yeah, for real, for real. Uh, but I really don't have that much planned this weekend. If I think about it, um, yeah, I don't have that much planned this weekend. So, uh, we look forward to seeing y'all next week on the Push Stop Podcast. Peace.